Hello and welcome to Farmland. We're joined now in Farmland Studios here with the Director of Dairy Industry Ireland, Conor Movihill, and Agriland journalist Megan O'Brien. Thanks for joining us uh, in studio today. We're discussing the Food Vision Dairy Group final report, uh, Conor, which has been submitted to the Minister for Agriculture, Charlie McConlogue. Now, just to give some context, the Food Vision Dairy Group was set up with a view to reducing emissions within the dairy sector of agriculture. Um, all sectors, of course, are doing it, and this was, I suppose, the um, auspices of setting up this particular group, they were to come up with a final report with ways or recommendations to reduce emissions within the dairy sector. Now that report has gone to the Minister so it'll be up to him to decipher what will be done but I know that uh, DII has come out already and welcomed the report and said that it will potentially make us and the dairy sector in Ireland more competitive. Can you explain this? Dairies Ireland's one of the biggest emitters, so agriculture is coming up to about 40% of our national emissions in Ireland and due to current calculations. And dairy, because of our expansion over the last decade in the post-quota era, we're about half of agri-emissions. So it could be said that the dairy industry is about 20% of the national emissions of the country. So it's in our interest from a DII perspective to get a grip on this. We know what's coming down. We're seeing in other states like the Netherlands, New Zealand, Denmark, other advanced dairy economies to say that if a sector does not come to an agreement with the state, things are implemented down on top of the industry and the farmers. So from our point of view, we welcome the innovation that the minister uh, uh, displayed in terms of getting this group together. And yes, it was a difficult nine months of conversations with a whole load of stakeholders and huge positive, positive things were agreed. Like as you probably see from other stakeholders, there's only maybe one or two recommendations out of 19 that are outstanding here. And, and all those concerns are genuinely held. But the, the goal for us is to be the first sector of the economy to have a deal with the government um, including the state agencies, including the EPA and the regulators, and also uh, be the first dairy sector on the planet to have an agreement with their government and the regulators in terms of roadmap going forward. So we just felt the prize, not just for us as industry, but for the farm families that we rely on and supply us, and the young farmers that want to get in, was absolutely enormous. And you know, yes, there's still, you know, still issues that need to be worked through, but we haven't lost it yet. No, I suppose the point of everybody getting involved was that all stakeholders, as you mentioned, wanted to get on board with reducing emissions. Mm. Everybody does want to play their part and that's certainly to be commended and the fact that they engaged and came up with solutions. From the farmers and the farm family point of view, there is a lot of concern about the exit scheme or reduction scheme, whatever you want to call mm. it, recommended in that report in the sense that it's going to have a financial cost. Mm. It will have, uh, you know, there could be issues there with generational renewal that perhaps maybe the farm organisations would not agree with the processors mm. on that because the processors wouldn't necessarily be directly affected by something like that in those recommendations. Well, I, I disagree with you there, Stella, the processors go nowhere into the future without generation renewal. We go nowhere without milk supply. So it's a balance around retaining the enormous growth that we have. We're just under 9 billion litres now in 2022, coming up from 5.3 billion litres in 2015-16. So there's been enormous growth and that has an environmental footprint. Let's call a spade a spade here. You, you have to say it's had an environmental footprint. And now there's legislation in terms of the Climate Act um, in place regarding our 
uh, emissions reductions for all sectors of the economy, not just dairy. And agriculture, in my view, has secured the best deal possible in terms of the 25% reduction in the government's announcement there at the end of the summer. So if you look at what agriculture secured, which is a 25% reduction to 2030 versus energy, which is 80%, Yes, it's hugely difficult, but in the cold light of day in a couple of years' time, we'll be seen to have negotiated a good deal with obvious scientific reasons behind that, and we made our case with the farm organisations, the government around that. So for us to get to that goal uh, and to be in a sector of the economy, and the Taoiseach said it himself in the recent Food Vision um, uh, conference, that agriculture is the only sector of the economy taking their uh, legal and environmental redu uh, reduction obligations seriously. So I think the prize is, is really there. That's not to say that the farm organisations should not have concerns regarding nitrogen reduction, generation renewal. They're kind of outside the factory gate. But these are negotiated, like it could have been a situation where a mandatory cow cull was coming coming in, that the quotas could return. They were all on the table initially. So to get to a situation regarding a state-funded voluntary process for people who wanted to leave the industry was the recommendation. Yes, it's difficult, but I think it was a, it's a great deal for Irish dairy to have. And let's call a spade a spade. Some farmers do want to get out. And if they get some money, that gives some space for, for, for new generations to come in, in our view. Megan O'Brien, you've followed the Food Vision Dairy Group's work over the last number of months, in particular in recent weeks, um, particularly in relation to the final report. Um, Connor has outlined some of the benefits and the potential that's there in a positive way for the dairy industry in Ireland. What have you been getting from the farm organisations in relation to the work of the Food Vision Dairy Group or indeed the final report? Yeah, look, I suppose it is important to note that it was submitted to the Minister of Agriculture on that day with a note saying that it wasn't unanimously agreed on by all stakeholders. Um, and then I suppose to look deeper into the actual text of the report, it does explicitly state that MOCRA in, particularly, in particular rejected the report. So they are particularly concerned about that piece on generation renewal and the exit scheme, reduction scheme, whatever you'll call it. Um, I suppose it does stipulate in that that there cannot be breeding ruminants on it. Now, I know you won't lose your farm, you won't have to give up your land, you can keep it and use it for other purposes and you can diversify, but they are particularly concerned that the, the lack of breeding ruminants equates to land sterilisation. So so that is a particular a particular concern from them. And John Keane, the president, he said it's it's an attack on, on rural Ireland and that he just won't stand for it and his members won't either. So I just hasten to add, we, we had hoped uh, to have John here and, and he had, um, in fairness, come to the episode um, willingly, unfortunately, just to un unforeseen circumstances. He couldn't make it today. Um, but he did want to express that they, they do have concerns. I mean, they MACRA and young farmers, and particularly young farmers as well, I think, are really on board with new innovations and technologies and methodologies to, to reduce, you know, their environmental footprint in a way that perhaps the previous generation was not, or, or maybe not that they weren't willing, but maybe not as au fait with what um, was available nowadays. So I do think young farmers are certainly looking for ways to reduce the... make 
their own enterprises more efficient while also reducing their carbon footprint. But there is that concern there about the generation renewal. If farmers start leaving, what opportunities will be there for the next generation that come on? Is there a viable future in dairy for them? Yeah, I think that's really what they're thinking is at this point, they know that the young people in the industry or looking to get into the industry are open to new technologies, the new sciences and things like that. But I think they feel at this point that this is just maybe too much too soon. And look, the family farm sustaining that, I suppose, it's part of Ireland's brand in our in our dairy, in our meat, in, in everything we do. You know, it's produced locally, locally, sustainably. And they are concerned that the viability of that could be hindered if there is no pathway into these sectors. And I, I suppose John did say to me, he said to me, look, it's not just dairy, it's all sectors here that we want to encourage young farmers to move into and things like this scheme, you know, could cut that off and that's their concern. So they, they definitely are quite on a, on a hard line with their rejection of, of this particular recommendation in the scheme for sure, yeah. And what about the um, Caribbean Milk Suppliers Association, um, Megan, they also have concerns? Yeah, the ICMSA is definitely is definitely kind of pushing back as well. And I'm sure you've heard that, Connor. you were there firsthand and saw that yourself. They are definitely concerned with the money. And and look, all, all the farm organisations are saying that and credit where credit's due. I know Dairy Industry Ireland said it as well. You know, show us the money, where's the funding and how will this be funded? So it's particularly the Irish Farmers Association, the IFA, they've said they, they want a full economic impact assessment of this of all the actions in it. And I know there was some figures outlined in the report, but I suppose we've yet to hear back um, on, on where things will be funded from. Well, Connor, will the appetite be there to fund such a scheme, like an exit yeah, scheme? Yeah, the first thing is we weren't negotiating with the Department of Finance and the Department of Public Expenditure where the money would ultimately come from. So that's the first thing we'd say. That grouping wasn't there. Even DAFM in the room who formed the Secretariat, they cannot do that. So there were some limited, I would agree with them, there were some limited economic assessments and you'd be aware that DIO has done many economic assessments through the impact of the climate bill and even COVID, like we believe in that. So, so we've shared interest in them. But the, the purpose of this group is to put recommendations. It wasn't a tablet coming down from the mount that nothing could be changed because new technologies are coming in all the time. It was some principles that we as industry, the farm organisations, the government and the state agencies, including those state agencies that have responsibility over legally binding emissions reductions coming forward, were going to come together. So the opportunity in our view from an industry perspective, and I realise it's fine for, for someone from DII in their ivory tower inside their factory gate to kind of say that, and I'm not saying for one moment, Joe, there isn't concerns over nitrogen reduction or generation renewal, but I can assure you we're lockstep with the farmers. We just think the opportunity is certainly there. And if it was a unanimous document, in our view, it would enhance the minister's hand in terms of going both not just to the Department of Finance and deeper for the money that is required, but also to Cabinet in general to get the Greens on board, to get the other political parties. And the prize, as I keep saying, was we were going to be the first dairy industry on the planet to have a deal with government and the first sector of the Irish economy. I, I work in IBEC, as some of you know, DII is part of IBEC. We're light years ahead of any other sector, pharmacy, telecoms, in terms of where we are in, li in line with what the Taoiseach himself has said. So the opportunity is there. So I would plead with the likes of John and, and ICMSA and IFA, and I, I think they're up for it, to continue the conversation to get this over the line over the next while. And I actually share some of their views. Yes, we have to see the colour of the money, but that's 
maybe not, this was a report, this got us to that negotiation stage. You're very positive there about it being such a remarkable achievement for the dairy sector to enter into this agreement, to be perhaps the first to, you know, conclude their report and maybe get some sort of negotiations on a political level going. And do you think that's widely known? Do you think that we are so far ahead? Because you've mentioned there we're far further ahead than other sectors. And yet agriculture seems to be the one that's beaten the most Absolutely. with the brush, like, you know, wrapped across the knuckles all the time. And yet we seem to be powering ahead from what you're saying, obviously, as a stakeholder within that group, that we're powering ahead and trying to change things far ahead other sectors. Yeah, well, you're kind of proven my point, the opportunities there. The it, this is in legislation, not just in Irish legislation, it's in European Green Deal legislation as well. This train is coming anyway. And if we look at peer dairy economies across Europe, like Denmark, like the Netherlands, and like further afield, like New Zealand, where things are imposed on them. We had the pleasure of meeting the CEO and chair of Fonterra in the past couple of weeks. And that was the advice that, that they gave us. Control your destiny yourselves don't have it imposed on yourselves as an industry like we had down in, in New Zealand. So I suppose we're we're listening to that and listening to the stakeholders and all is not lost, certainly. And, and as, as said in everyone's statement coming out, they're all willing to keep working on this. But the prize is still there for us to be the first ones to do it. And that doesn't mean things haven't haven't changed. We're seeing a lot of new technologies that we thought would be later on the decade, like methane inhibitors, that would have radical radical implications for that 25%. So there's a lot of positive stuff going. And like, okay, from a DII perspective, we've nearly a, a motto, we're paranoid about the present, but positive about the future for our industry and those young farmers who want to come in. And like, if I look around and we're exposed to it internationally in terms of other dairy sectors, Ireland is in the best position uh, from an environmental credential perspective, an economic credential uh, perspe uh, perspective, a, so a societal and a generation renewal. You just have to look at the Chagask figures coming out of what is being made by dairy farmers, what is being made by the dairy industry. It's the most, it's the jewel in the crown of Irish agriculture. And I would argue from my vantage point, the overall Irish economy. Well, finally, what I might say to you, Connor, then is, I mean, you're, talking positively there in terms of the report itself and what it can do for Irish dairy mm. in the long run, I suppose. In terms of what the processing side of things are, that the processors themselves can contribute to this. I mean, there's talks of, you know, farmers have to reduce their nitrogen. They have to maybe get rid of some cows. They have to either buy more land or else get rid of land and, and animals. What would the processors do? Would they be maybe increasing base prices, including environmental you know, considerations into it. So there's 19 recommendations. And to be fair, we're talking about less than 10%. We have 90% of a document agreed. So just in terms of everyone, where we are at it, and like people have talked positively. In terms of we haven't had our board meeting as DII yet, it's imminent, so we'll be reacting. But which obviously we've had a series of board meetings. And as you see through the, the document, Jonah the processors have a number of kind of commitments, such as a new dairy charter, in terms of how do we encourage succession? How do we encourage best environmental practice at company level? Maybe looking at 
uh, pricing schemes. You've seen some processors come out this year in terms of their own sustainability initiatives and looking at innovative ways maybe to price environmental practice. So from our perspective, from a DII processor perspective, we, we'd be looking to see can we coordinate that. Um, the other thing is you're probably aware DII represents specialised nutrition and secondary processing as well. So those companies in terms of your Abbott's, your Danone's, your Wyatt's and foods for special medical purposes. They want us to prove we sell in a B2B, so on behalf of our farmers, we, sell, we process the milk and we sell base product, the best of health ingredients to these companies on this island. And they're asking us, where, where are your environmental credentials? Where are your reduction strategy here? So th there's a huge win-win for the farmers if they grip this from our point of view. And we're kind of in the middle there in terms of our role. Finally, Megan, I think it's, it's with the Minister at the moment. I know you've been liaising with the, the Department of Agriculture. Have you any word on a time frame um, out of the Minister's office as to when he'll be able to move forward with this? I think that's the question that's kind of on everybody's lips at the moment because if the negotiation and the report stage was not unanimous, unanimously agreed, I think everybody's looking to see when the next opportunity to debate and engage and things like that will be but we just we don't know at the moment as far as I can tell and um, it is with the minister and he has said he will analyze it and analyze the impacts of it before making any decisions on what the next steps will be but um, for now yeah it just seems to be waiting a waiting game. Connor, you're finished now in terms of, of putting forward this report, I suppose, at this stage now it's in the Minister's hands. Yeah, we, we're like there, there is, like we, DII would strongly be of the view there needed to be a bovine overall report from the start. We didn't agree with a dairy and a beef one. Yeah. We felt that they were, they were both um, interlinked. So obviously we'd be working with our colleagues in MII and continuing to work with the farm organisations to see the progress of that one. And maybe there might be an opportunity when the meat and sheep food vision report gets done to, to maybe merge and, and smooth out the edges. I think we're very, very close. I know the meat one, I'm not part of it, but it seems to be a little even bit more contentious than, than, than our work. But I think the opportunity for not just dairy, but for the bovine sector, which is over 75% of Irish agricultural output, um, to get on this is is still there. So I'm 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 as you're probably hearing, maybe people looking in here and say that guy is totally over positive, but the, the prize there is huge really is. Fantastic. Well, Conor Movia from DII, thank you very much. And Megan O'Brien, uh, AgriLand journalist, thank you for joining us. We're running out of time, I'm afraid, but we'll be staying tuned, Megan. I know you'll be following the story in the next few weeks as well, going forward to see where the, the report goes from here. That's all from Farmland. Remember to follow agriland.ie for all the latest agricultural news and also be sure to follow us on social media 